I mean, I think it starts first and foremost that people want to make sure the stuff, film, the written word, painting, anything you could imagine that they create is protected and not easily scraped into a large language model or an AI of any sort that could ingest, redefine, and use your artistic creation without your consent. I think it's largely the wish of the artistic community just to be able to identify, hey, that section from a film or, hey, that passage from a book or, hey, that idea for a certain brushstroke in the painting is protected and able to be identified to a human being, not uh, a potentially higher intelligence. As excited as I am about AI, but I just think we need to be very careful and cautious in this moment. And look out for humanity. That's a good point. That's a great point. So um, how do you think um, artificial intelligence uh, will change the way in which the public engages with film and storytelling? Um, do you think the industry think it's, it's a beneficial thing? Or how? where's the industry in terms of how the general public is really interacting and engaging with AI? Well, I, I just think that this is a huge moment for the world uh, in every aspect of labor and what it means to work and what it means to this sense of identity we all have as human beings and, and work is a huge component of that. But I just think in particular, what's going to happen in the arts is the coming of hyper-personalized entertainment. And we saw that in a similar capacity with Call It YouTube, the advent of YouTube and the internet in general. We used to have to look to the large outlets, big networks, movie theaters, if you wanted big-time entertainment and you wanted visual stimulus. Um, naturally, with the advent of the internet and YouTube, people could broadcast on their own. You became the programmer of your own broadcasting outlet that could reach the world. Wow. And you see some of these influencers with two, 300 million Followers. I mean, doesn't any TV show or film wish to have that sort of or book that sort of scope and that sort of reach? So with the coming of AI where you can approximate, hey, make me the sequel to Pulp Fiction that I never got a chance to see. And it's not great today, but it'll never be as undeveloped as it is today. It's only going to get better. How do you think this is going to impact, you know, jobs? Because as you said yourself, each person becomes a distributor, right, within that logic. So what, how do you think jobs are going to be impacted? Well, there's going to be a seismic shift in the job market, not just in Hollywood and the arts uh, of music, film, television, what have you, but the world over. But um, basically, it's going to be everything's going to get smaller. And you saw that with the writer strike that we just got through, that was a big issue because if somebody says, hey, Pauline, we want your voice, we want your show, and you say, all right, well, I need eight, 12 people to help me in the writer's room come up with all these ideas to give you my Pauline thing, and now that studios could counter and go, but we just want you, Pauline, we like your voice, and you can use AI to help you break story, and we can save money by not employing those eight or 12 writers that you would traditionally have in the writer's room to help you come up with stuff. So that that got largely worked out in the last go around. But that model goes across the board. You know, in a post-production suite, there's an editor, sometimes two editors. There are several assistants. 
there are PAs, all these people organizing and making sense of volumes and volumes of material. AI can do that at a very, very high level. So you are going to see atrophy in the need for workers in that regard. And that's sad because you want that humanity to touch the product, the artistic creation, every step along the way. But we're just going to have to wait and see because it's going to be the privilege of the consumer, as it always is, to say, hey, I like this song. Hey, I like that movie. Hey, I like this book. I like this little TikTok clip. You like what you like. And however it's being created is however it's going to be created as a function of market forces. So it's it's really intense in that regard. And we're, we're doing our best to protect ourselves along the way, but it's certainly not limited to Hollywood. I mean, a great thinker out there that everybody likes to listen to is a guy, Yuval Noah Harari, of course. And he talks about the coming of the useless class, where there's just a lot of jobs. I mean, I don't think uh, autonomous driving is going to go backwards, and that obviously endangers a lot of Uber drivers, cab drivers, truck drivers, what have you. Uh, who knows what's going to happen to the airlines? It goes on and on. So I just think we may have seen people think, oh, I would be afraid to trust a car to completely drive. But when you just look at the sheer data, if there's, you know, 100,000 accidents a week in the United States, for example, from human error on the road, and that goes to 27 accidents a week because of, you know, an AI failure. Well, 27 is a lot more attractive than 100,000. And it's going to be hard to keep that genie in the bottle. And obviously that applies to the artistic world even more severely because it's ironic. You hear Sam Altman from uh, OpenAI talk about they thought a couple of years ago, the people at the leader, of, you know, the leaders of this technology, that the creative would be the most difficult and the last to come. That the first thing would be the automated tasks of the assembly line and what have you, which is certainly here, but it's turning out the creative is a lot easier to approximate than they originally thought. 